0: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Three, two, one. When
1: I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say
0: something,
1: other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone.
0: Here we
1: go. Welcome in, everybody. That's episode 279 of the podcast. It is Sweeping America, the Aerotorus Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday. August 11, 2020. And if you're wondering why am I hearing the dulcet tones of AT's voice, it is because we do in fact have a bonus episode. So, I mentioned on Monday's show that late last week I actually did interview uh, UCLA basketball coach Mick Cronin, a guy I've gotten to know a little bit since he got to LA about a year ago. Really fun interview, but it was way too late in the week to run it. Last week I planned on running it on Monday show, and then what happened? The whole world in college football goes crazy, and so I decided that it probably isn't a good day on Monday to run a random interview with a UCLA basketball coach, so instead I did in fact push it back to t- Today, Tuesday, you get a bonus episode, and I will add, it's a heck of a day to do a bonus episode because it feels like the entire tenor, the entire landscape of college football has changed since I last recorded late Sunday night. Monday was a great day. If you love college football, if you love college athletics, if you're hoping to see your favorite team run through the tunnel in some way, shape, or form. And if they are, in fact, a member of a Power 5 conference, Monday was a great day for you. A lot has changed. I do believe that the Big Ten presidents felt the pressure, felt the heat from the players, the coaches, and you, the fans. And at least for one day, it does feel as though we have gotten a stay of execution. Anything can change. It can change by Tuesday afternoon. It can change by the time that you listen to this podcast. But as I tell you all the time, I'm recording tonight. I can only react to what we know right now. And as I record about midnight Eastern on Monday, it was a great day going into Tuesday for college football. So that is the rundown for today's show. Uh, We will talk college football, and then I will get to UCLA head coach Mick Cronin. And I should reference something right off the top with Coach Cronin. I'll mention it again before I throw to the interview. But it is worth noting that the interview was done late last week, and and he is... um, I give Coach credit because he is very vocal about his belief that UCLA is one of the few teams in Power 5 basketball, Power 6 basketball, that has not had their players back on campus yet. And he really wants his players back. He explains why he thinks it's important. And I do think it is worth noting that he made those comments last week under a different tenor than what is going on now in college sports. Now, obviously, there's a possibility that by the time you listen to this show, Pac-12 football will be canceled, which will obviously make the conversation about Pac-12 basketball very different. So please, do not go yelling and screaming that Coach Cronin is being insensitive or anything of that nature. He made the comments last week, and I, again, elected to wait to hold the interview because I thought the football stuff took precedence on Monday and so we are running it in fact on Tuesday but please keep that in mind as you listen to the Mick Cronin interview and with that said before we get to the interview before we get to college football I want to remind you guys as I do every episode Please make sure that you are subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. You can do it on iTunes. You can do it on Apple Podcast, the Podcast Addict app. If you have an Android, subscribe via the Podcast Addict app. Uh, but make sure you're subscribed. Also, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Pod Paradise, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Also. Make sure to rate and review the show. Give us a quick five stars like Mike underscore 2018 Mike did earlier this weekend. I read that review on Monday show. What a review it was. Uh, and also, if you're not following on social media, Find me on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Find me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com if you do have any questions for the show. And I have gotten quite a few. I promise to get to them at some point, but it's been a surreal couple days. Uh, But Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. And one last note, and I've said it before, but if you do like this show, Please make sure to uh, share with your friends and give your friends a heads up about Aaron Torres because the bottom line remains this, is that the best way that this show is going to grow is for you guys to tell your friends, for you guys to share with your friends, and for you guys to let them know, hey, there is one guy out there in the media that is making sense, that is a sane person. That is not crazy. That is not rooting against sports happening. And if that, if I'm the only person in the media doing that, uh, which I'm not saying I am, but I, but there are far too few people that are saying the things that I'm saying. So please tell your friends. And many of you have, because I will tell you that Monday's episode of the Aaron Torres podcast, following the Big Ten news. Uh, was, as best I can tell, the second most downloaded episode in the history of the show over the course of one day. Uh, the only time we did more was the day that Oklahoma State went on sanctions in basketball, and it looked like Cade Cunningham was transferring. So uh, big thank you to you guys. Huge show, a huge episode on Monday. We're going to continue to roll into Tuesday. And with that said, people, there is no more time to waste. Let's get into the topics of the day. And the topic of the day is this. It was a good day if you love college football. It was a good day for co- uh, common sense, for positivity, for people that believe that college football should be played this fall. And it was a bad day to be a nerdy loser Big Ten president because they got smushed into a locker by America. Okay? And so let's get into this. And if you, le- for where we left off on. Sunday night, I would say that that I'll be honest, right? Like, like I try to be positive, I try to be energetic, and and put a positive spin on things when I believe it's warranted. But when I recorded late Sunday night, um, there really wasn't much to be positive about. It appeared as though the Big Ten uh, did have that conference call with the other Power Five conferences. It appeared as though they were about ready to cancel the season, and they were looking for kind of somebody else to jump on board with them. I think in theory, they were hoping for all five other power conferences or all four other power five conferences to be united. And essentially, the reason that the Big Ten did that was because they did not want to be the bad guy. They did not want to be the first conference to cancel college football and take public scorn. And so what they did was they called this 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 uh, meeting, they, pl- they laid out the plan, they tried to peer pressure everybody into doing it, and the other four conferences said, at least for now, take a hike. Now, I do think if anything happens with the Big Ten, I do think the Pac-12 will be aligned with them, which we will get into in a minute, but I think it's worth noting that it was a great first step that everybody said, shove it. Everybody said, we're not following your lead, we're not taking bullets for you. If you want to cancel the season on Monday, hey, you guys are on your own on that one. And so what I will also say as it pertains to that call is that I do think that the Big Ten, even without the other power conferences, planned on moving forward with canceling the football season on Monday, maybe Tuesday at the latest. But then something interesting happened, and that something interesting was this. You guys all spoke out as a collective group. America spoke out as a collective group. America spoke out as a collective group and said, this is unacceptable. This will not work. We are not taking yes for an answer. And it was collective, it was universal, it came from the players, it came from the coaches, it came from you as fans, and like I said, those Pac-12, or those Big Ten Conference commission conference Presidents got shoved into a locker and basically had to backtrack and retreat. And so let's get into everything that happened, and really, it started on Sunday night, and it really started kind of as I was wrapping up this podcast, and it came from, frankly, the most unlikely of all places, and that was the players. And I give so much credit to the players, led by Trevor Lawrence, to really stand up and fight for what they believe in, right? We talk about fighting for what you believe in, using your platform for good, and these college athletes have done an incredible job of that over the course of this summer, You can even go back to when this all started, when Trevor Lawrence and his girlfriend, now fiance, shout out to Trevor Lawrence who's engaged, they started a COVID relief effort. Sam Ellinger started a COVID relief effort, the quarterback at the University of Texas. They've done a lot of good this offseason, they've done a lot with their platform, and it all started with Trevor Lawrence over the weekend saying, We want to play. And from those early tweets from Trevor Lawrence, it evolved into something much bigger with all the big names in college football uniting and basically saying, we want to play. And when I say big names, I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence. I'm talking about Justin Fields, the quarterback at Ohio State. I'm talking about Najee Harris, the star running back at Alabama Penny Sewell, who could be potentially the number two pick in the draft behind Trevor Lawrence, the offensive tackle at Oregon. All these guys got together and all these guys said, we want to play. And I'll say this, I give those guys so much credit for one very simple reason. They didn't have to do this, right? Trevor Lawrence does not ever have to play another college football game And he will be a millionaire come April or May of next year. Justin Fields does not have to play another college football game, and he will be a millionaire come next year. These guys don't need college football. But what they said was this we're going to put aside all the BS narratives, and we're going to tell it to you like it is. And our season is on the line, and our season is on the brink. And if we're going to go down, We are going to go down fighting. And we are going to go down not only fighting, but telling the truth. Because for months, as I said yesterday on this show, there have been all these BS narratives pushed by these BS media members that simply aren't true, right? You know what those narratives are that the players aren't safe on campus that the players don't want to play, that the players are scared of the virus, that the players' parents don't want them to play, that we should just shut down this football season. And what the players did was they said this, we're tired of the BS, we're tired of the nonsense, we're tired of these loser media members, not like Torres who tells the truth, who's had our backs all along, but these idiots, and you know who they are, Dan Wolken comes to mind as one from USA Today, All these guys that have put out all this spin all offseason, and what the players said was this, we're taking back the narrative and we're telling the truth. And if we lose this season, we are going to go down fighting for what we believe in and what is the truth. And what is the truth according to the players? That they are safer on campus than they will be anywhere else. That they do want to play this season that they do believe that it can be safely done. And oh, by the way, that college football isn't this terrible thing. If it was as terrible as the media made college football out to be, do you think Trevor Lawrence would be fighting tooth and nail to play this final season of college football at Clemson? The answer, of course, is absolutely no. And so it started with the players, it continued on into Monday morning, and where I personally really think that it picked up steam was when the coaches got involved. And it might sound stupid, right? It might be like, what does it matter that Jim Harbaugh says something or Ryan Day says something? But think about it at the very simplest concept, right? It's one thing for the players to you know, tweet out a hashtag and we wanna play and all this stuff, but think about, it, and I don't wanna over exaggerate this, but it takes some real guts for Jim Harbaugh to say what he said, for Ryan Day to say what he said, for Scott Frost, the head coach of the University of Nebraska, to say what he said, James Franklin. And you know why? It's because the people that are trying to put the end to this season are the school presidents. And as I told you on Monday's show, as much as we all love college football, and as big as Jim Harbaugh feels at Michigan, as big as Ryan Day feels at Ohio State, as big as James Franklin feels at Penn State, they still ultimately answer to the school president. The school president has final say on all this stuff. And so when Jim Harbaugh comes out and says, listen, we have done everything that you have asked of us it is safe for us to continue to proceed and see if we can play this season. He is speaking directly to his boss and he is publicly calling out his boss. And that to me is when the tenor of all this changed. It's one thing if you got a couple angry players. It's another thing when you have Jim Harbaugh, who, if my memory serves me correct, is the highest paid state employee in Michigan coming out and saying, this ain't cool, man. This ain't okay. Same with Ryan Day. By the way, how about Ryan Day? Ryan Day, I don't think has ever said anything even remotely interesting since he took over as the head coach at Ohio State. Now, he may have said some stuff last week to Jim Harbaugh that wasn't recorded, that was off the record, but when has Ryan Day come out and stood for something, stood up for something that he believed in, made a public display about? I can't think of any time that Ryan Day has ever done much, and so for him to speak out against his own boss, that carries a lot of weight, and it changes the entire conversation of this situation because it's one thing if the player's, Want to talk, but Justin Fields is going to be gone in six months. Trevor Lawrence, although he doesn't play in the Big Ten, is going to be gone in six months. But Ryan Day, I mean, he could very easily get on the wrong side of his school president, but he fought for what he believed in. And what he believed in, and what Jim Harbaugh believed in, and what Scott Frost believed in, is that the players have done right, right? And I think that's where the coaches, the the people in football that I've talked to, the frustration comes from this. It's not that we need to play a season, that we demand to play a season. What the frustration comes from is that these schools have brought back their athletes sometimes in early to, to mid-June. Okay, They brought them back and they have put their athletes through hell and high water to get them to this point. Testing multiple times a week, making sure that they're in, they're they're basically in a bubble on a college campus as of right now before students come back, asking them not to do the social things that college athletes do, and what Jim Harbaugh and what Ryan Day and what James Franklin said today when they defended their players was this: Our guys have done everything that you have asked of them, school president. Our guys have been gone above and beyond. I think Jim Harbaugh even used the term above and beyond in his statement. Our guys have gone above and beyond. We have done everything that you have asked. The idea that you're going to take away this season before we even have a chance to play it that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And that is why I give the coaches so much credit. And you're going to hear this a little bit from Mick Cronin later on in the podcast because what Mick Cronin's point on all of the situation with basketball is, is like, Mick Cronin's like, look, man, I'm a basketball coach. If I do this right, and I think this is almost a quote verbatim, I'm going to be doing this another 20, 25 years. But my guys, they only get four years on this campus. They only get four years to get it right. I have a senior named Chris Smith. Now I'm talking about Mick Cronin. I have a senior named Chris Smith. This is, he only gets one senior year. And we got to do everything we can to to maximize it. And I think that was the, the the conversation that Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day and Scott Frost were having on Monday, which is our guys have gone above and beyond. They've done everything you've asked. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh actually tweeted out the stats. Well, he didn't tweet it out. He put in a press release. But Michigan has done 893 tests since players returned to campus. They have had a grand total of 11 positive tests during that time two of those positive tests were to players who got who tested positive when they returned to campus so in terms of once they've actually gotten to campus we're talking about nine positive tests out of like 800 plus tests and so jim harbaugh is like look if if we're if we're testing through the roof and and everybody's coming back positive then that's one thing but to try to cancel the season in august when our guys have done, everything you've asked is ridiculous. And so that's when it felt like it was a game-changing moment to me is when the coaches started coming out and saying, no, 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 no. This is not acceptable. Our guys have done what you have asked. They have gone above and beyond. And you're going to pull out the rug from before we even get the opportunity. And to go back to what I was saying a minute ago, that was the frustration that I heard from the people that I've talked to in football over the last couple of days. Not that we're trying to cancel a season, but we're trying to cancel a season without even trying, right? Like it's one thing if we go through two, three, four padded practices and 75% of the team comes back testing positive, which might happen, and we're going to get into all that down the road. If that happens, that's a different conversation. If we start blocking and tackling and hitting and breathing on each other and everybody's testing positive, maybe we just can't play football. Maybe that, but to not even attempt it, that is where the coaches were, were upset. And oh, by the way, Ryan Day and Scott Frost took it to another level. Scott Frost said Nebraska's gonna look for, if the Big Ten won't let them play, Nebraska's gonna look for other opportunities to keep playing. Ryan Day said, we're gonna look for some opportunities to keep playing. I would love an Ohio State-Nebraska SEC barnstorming tour this fall, right? I don't know if it'll happen, They're not backing down, and so I give the players so much credit. I give the coaches so much credit, and you know who else I give credit to? I give credit to you guys, the fans, right? And it sounds crazy, right? You know, it it goes to every conversation ever, right? Is in three months from now there's going to be an election, right? And everyone, well, why should I vote? My voice doesn't make a difference. Well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Whatever. I'm not. (laughs) I'm certainly not going to get into politics on a day like today, but. The point being, I think sometimes we all look at these situations and we say, what, what, what does my voice really matter? Well, I will tell you this. Your voice mattered for at least one day on Monday, okay? And I could sense it. I could sense it when I was on social media on Sunday night when the first report started coming out was that fans are pissed. Fans are furious because we have, as a society, like – I'm not gonna get into all of it, but but we have all made so many sacrifices and we all understand the risk and we all really at this point, there's been enough reporting, there's been enough people like me, like Joel Klatt, like Danny Cannell that have explained the nuance of this, that have explained that students are actually safer playing football on campus than the regular student body, that they're safer uh, being on campus than being away. And so fans started freaking out on Sunday into Monday about this whole situation. And I could tell there was real anger in fans on Sunday into Monday. And you know who else felt that? Was the school presidents. And so I think as much of an effect as the players had and as the coaches had, I think you guys as fans made a difference. I had a couple of you DM me or reach out to me privately and say, I'm a booster of a Big Ten school, And I let it be known, if we don't play football or we don't attempt to play football, I am never giving another dollar to this university again. And that was just one or two people reaching out to me. I can't even imagine how many phone calls that the presidents of the Big Ten fielded over the course of Sunday night into Monday. Emails sent, calls to the main office that basically said the same thing. If you try to cancel this season on us without us even attempting to play, without even attempting to have a fall camp. Don't ever expect me to donate a dollar to this school again. And I understand that for some people, that might not be a big deal. Some of you might only give 100, 200, 500 to the university, but one, you get enough of those calls, they start to add up. Two, you get the right calls, you get the guy that's given five million a year instead of 500 a year. That rings a little bit differently. And so I bring all this up because I do think that mattered on Monday. I do think that the Big Ten presidents, and remember, these are not people for the most part with backgrounds in athletics. I think the Big Ten presidents were stunned at the outrage, stunned at the outrage that came On Monday, from their fan bases, and that the sport of college football means more to them than I think they even realize. And I told you this yesterday, but most of them are academic people. Most of them don't understand that the best advertisement for Penn State University is 105,000 people at a whiteout on a Saturday night at Beaver Stadium. They don't understand that the best advertisement for the University of Minnesota is P.J. Fleck rowing the boat and I'm doing the row the boat as I'm talking in my apartment here on a Monday night. I don't think these school presidents realized the, the, the gravity, the seriousness of a decision this big. And so what ended up happening was all of a sudden we went from a situation where I'm pretty sure it was done. I saw a Dan Patrick report on uh, Monday morning that there was a vote already taken, that 12 schools voted to cancel the season to push it back to the spring. The only two that didn't were Nebraska and Iowa. And I think the Big Ten presidents backpedaled like a couple SEC cornerbacks on, on Monday. And I think they realized, holy crap, this is going to be a monumental PR nightmare, and it could cost me my job. It could cost our school. And all of a sudden, you start seeing all sorts of crazy reports come out. I saw the multiple reports that said the Ohio State president, who I believe is relatively new to the school, she came out and said, no, no, no. I don't know where you thought we were going to cancel the season or even push back to the spring. We might just postpone it a week or two. And so all of a sudden, I think everything is in play for the Big 10 and I think everything is in big everything is in play in terms of potentially just pushing back week 1 to the, to late September like the SEC did. I think it's it's the possibility that we're still going to get a season. And I think there were other things that happened on Monday that helped that cause. First of all, shout out to Greg Sankey, because Greg Sankey basically pulled out his you-know-what and threw it on the table with the Big Ten trying to pressure him in the SEC into postponing the season into the spring, and he said exactly what I've been saying on this podcast. He said, that's absurd. That's absurd. I'm not saying it won't happen, but The idea that we push back the season, the idea that we put all these protocols into place, the idea that we've spent all this time preparing to cancel a season in August, in early August, when our conference isn't even kicking off until September 26th, that doesn't make sense. Why would we do that? The whole point of pushing back to September 26th was to give ourselves as much time as possible to see what happens when students return to campus, to see what happens when the NFL opens training camps, to see what happens when the NFL plays games and teams are crossing state lines and going on airplanes. That was the whole point of pushing back till September 26th. And what I give Greg Sankey so much credit for, that guy's got a backbone. That guy's got a freaking beating heart and he's not backing down from anybody. I tweeted it out on Monday, but much like when these, two, much like when the Big Ten plays the, the SEC in actual football, the Big Ten ain't pushing around the SEC, baby. They don't push them around. Uh, the Big Ten doesn't push the SEC around on the field, and they certainly aren't going to push them around off the field. And I give Greg Sankey so much credit for saying, you guys do whatever the hell you want. We're on our own timeline, and we really don't give a crap what you're doing. There were other positive signs for college football on Monday. Most notably, the AAC conference with Houston, conference with Central Florida, a couple really good uh, college football programs, Memphis. They, They said, look, we're moving forward with our season two. And they certainly don't have the testing protocols. They don't have the money that these other schools do. They said, we're going full speed ahead, man. Screw that. We're playing. And so it was a great day for college football, and it was a great day for college football because of you guys, because of not only the players, not only the coaches, but you guys, the fans. Now, before I wrap up, I do wanna say one quick thing. It can all change in a hurry, okay? The Big Ten, for some reason, seems adamant that they have to make a decision soon. And so it could all change by by Tuesday night. It could change by Wednesday. I I should mention, the Pac-12 apparently has a call with their school presidents on Tuesday. There is a chance that by the time you listen to this, the Pac-12 could have canceled its, its football season. Obviously, the Big Ten is going to be a day-to-day deal for the time being. Maybe they just decide this week that they're going to push the start of the season to September 26th and see if it's safe to practice. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, as good as the good news was on Monday, it can change in a heartbeat. The Pac-12 could make their decision on Tuesday. The Big Ten could make their decision on Tuesday. And so just be prepared. I don't want to get anybody too high. I don't want to get anybody too low, but that is the reality. But the one thing that I will say is this. One thing I will say is this. The Big Ten isn't the only conference that has a school president or school president's that maybe don't understand how important college football is. So first of all, what I would say is if you're a Big Ten fan, and I know we have some that listen, because I get a ton of downloads in Ohio, I get a ton of downloads in Indiana, I get a lot of them in Illinois. We got people from Big Ten country that listen to this show. If you are a Big Ten fan, email your school president, email your AD, email the school president with the ADCC, call the school president's office, let them know that you, if you believe that college football should be played, or at the very least that we should at least try, right? Let's just get a couple practices in to see if we can do this. If that is what you believe, call the president's office, email the school president, let him know, let her know that you used to give money, you are not given another dollar, that you will never support the school again if they don't even try to play football this year. That is what you can do. People ask me, what can I do to help? That's what you can do. If you're not a fan, of a big 10 school. I don't think it's a bad idea to call your school president or to email your school president and just say, hey, we want football. We want our players to be safe. We want our players to, 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 to not be at risk, but we want college football. And what I would wrap by saying is very simply this. We still don't know all the details, right? I just said it a minute ago is that we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen as best I can tell I don't believe that anyone on the pro or college level anywhere in America has had a padded practice yet. I could be wrong on that. I don't think I am. I don't think most high schools have had padded practices yet. And so I bring all this up to say, we do not know if it's possible to play the sport of football in this COVID era. It might be possible that the second that we put pads on, the second that we start playing the second we start sending teams on the road that it's just not possible and i don't want to i, I don't want to be the guy that says there's no way that, you know we we have to push forward with football there's there it, it. there's a possibility it just might not work okay that possibility exists i'll say this we were saying 2 months ago we couldn't play basketball nba is doing pretty good in a bubble couldn't play hockey too much skating too much sweating too much breathing a hockey bubble's working really well but there is the chance that football might not work, okay? That is a reality. Um, uh, Greg Sankey, I, I forgot his name for a second. I've mentioned it seven times. Greg Sankey mentioned it on his tweets on Monday. That it might just not be possible. But the thing is, the thing for, from people in college sports and in college football specifically is we got to try, we can't have the Big Ten pull the plug, pull the rug from us without even trying to have a padded practice, without even trying to go for it. As Jim Harbaugh said, we've done hundreds of tests. We had 11 total positives. And so if you feel like you can make a difference, if you feel like you can pick up that phone, send that email, let your school president know, let your AD know. You want football. You're going to support your team if they run through the tunnel because it does matter. By the way, I noticed on Monday, some of the SEC coaches started to get ahead of it. I saw Dan Mullen tweet out his support of his players. Lane Kiffin, his support of his players. Sam Pittman, the Arkansas coach, his support of his players. If this is what you want, if you love college football, this is your opportunity. Let your AD know. I'm not promising anything. We are going to find out more in the coming weeks, but there is no reason that we need to start canceling football on August 10th, in the power conferences, when we can afford to test, when we can afford to do it potentially safely, and we can afford to, at the very least, give ourselves more time to find out. Okay, how about that for an episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, a bonus episode where Torres just goes off for 30 minutes. It's what I do. It's what I do. So we are gonna get to Mick Cronin, the UCLA head coach, in a second. Before we do, I wanna wanna remind you of one thing. I recorded with Coach Cronin late last week, Friday I believe was the day, and I was going to run it Monday, but Monday didn't happen, so I'm running it on Tuesday in this bonus episode, and the reason it's important is very simply this. Is coach is very adamant that he believes his players should be back on campus, and it of course, the landscape in general has changed over the last day or two, right? There's a possibility that by the end of the day Tuesday, we will have no Pac-12 football, which obviously will put Pac-12 basketball on the brink going forward, and I just want you guys to keep that in mind as you listen to this episode. I don't want people, oh, Co- Mick Cronin doesn't care about football and he's only focused on basketball. That's not what this is about. Have some respect. If you have any questions, come to me. It's not about him. He wants what's best for his players, so please understand that. Now, with all that said, before we get started, please make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. But I well, whoa, whoa. I just said before we get started. I mean, before we're finished. As we get out of here, as I get to Mick Cronin, I want to remind you: if you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, sorry, I went into pilot mode there for a second. If you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, make sure to do so. You can do so on iTunes. The Podcast Addict app, that is where I listen. If you have an Android Podcast Addict, is the way to go. Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to go ahead and do that. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, Uh, where you listen. I love doing that. Um, And of course, if you're not already subscribed uh, please make sure to do that. also make sure to follow on social media Aaron underscore torres underscore sports underscore podcast on Instagram Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com uh, and as I said, we had an incredible number of downloads on Monday set a record as best I can tell second most downloads in one day in the history of the show so I appreciate the support it was a, a, a really big number um, but, 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 if you like the show, make sure to share with friends, make sure to rate, review, do all that stuff. All right, I'm blabbing at this point. Let's get to Mick Cronin. I am done for now. I will be back Thursday with a new episode, but you get a bonus episode this week. As I said, I'm planning on going to three episodes. Whenever college football does start, positive vibes only, it will, but now here is the head coach of UCLA, Mick Cronin. Shout out to my boy, Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. Now let's get to UCLA basketball coach, Mick Cronin. All right. Joining me via zoom. Uh, very excited to talk to this gentleman. Uh, we've been talking kind of offline, but now we get to record it. (laughs) UCLA head coach, Mick Cronin, what's going on, my man. How you doing?
0: I like everybody else fighting through it. Uh, Just got to keep staying positive, buddy. Right? You know, just uh, trying to keep my guys positive. They're they're they're, my team's raring raring to get back on campus and in our gym, and I'm working on that with uh, as much as I can with our administration. So um, that's where we're at at UCLA. (laughs) And before we get to UCLA, I actually wanted to ask you about Mick Cronin because
1: you don't strike me as a guy that that's great at sitting around and flicks and chill. I don't know if you even know what that means. Uh, how have you, uh, how have you found the balance of, you know, I mean, I remember speaking with you texting with you at the beginning of this and, you know, you were staying sane, hitting golf balls, doing what we all did. What have you
0: been up to? How are you holding up? I mean, and we'll get to your team here in a minute. Yeah, I do. I, I, you know what I think for me, uh, I turned, you know, I turned my garage into a gym. So that's been, a, uh, you know, try, you got to try to turn, you got to try to turn negatives into positives. Sure. You know, I think uh, my friend Buzz Williams said, you know, you got to play offense instead of defense on things um, in your life, you know, instead of let letting the, the situation dictate you, you got to dictate the situation. So just been trying to do that with things that I needed to get done in my personal life. Um, you know, and I think for all of us our health is the is at least you know, I know a lot of guys from a men's standpoint that we you know, we tend to put our our job first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, mm-hmm. and then everything else tenth. Um, so, you know, just try, trying to do a better job with uh with that stuff where you have an opportunity. But um I, you know, it's a harder for the young people, you know. My daughter my daughter's an only child, so that's been tough uh you know as you know here buddy california um people take it serious for the most part so parents especially so you know her uh, limited opportunities to socialize and so her mom and i trying to help her through that but uh you know that's uh that that's the you know that's the world i live in you know uh this is just one more zoom call i know one thing people say Zoom's going to take over the world. When this is over, I don't think I'll I never want to Zoom again. <laughs> well, I, I had been
1: wanting to get you on, and I was hoping we could do it in person. So, uh, I promise, next time we do this, <laughs> it'll be it'll be in person. Real quick, by the way, for the people who are watching on Zoom, I see a little goatee growing in. Is that is that going to be an in-season goatee, too? Have we made that decision yet? No. Nah,
0: that's just – yeah. You know, I just haven't sh- – you know, you just forget – the. You, you know, you, you just sh- – I see some guys with the Just, it's, it's too much for me. I, you know, I I'm just down to just, I do it all once a week. Okay. Very just, good. Just, you know, once a week, you know, bang, knock it all out one time, you know.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about your team. You mentioned your guys itching to get back. Uh, the big news obviously came earlier this week. We're recording on Thursday. This will run about a week after your leading scorer, Chris Smith announces that he's coming back. Um, Where were you? How did you find out the news from Chris or his family? Or did you find out on social media? How did you find out that your leading scorer is coming back to UCLA for his senior season?
0: Uh, You know, I told Chris a long time ago, you you, you know, whatever you do, you need to be all in. Um, And if you're not all in, you can't go to the NBA because the one thing the young guys don't understand is how hard it is until they get there. They have no idea how hard it is to play – professional ball in Europe at any level uh, until they get there because they've only played against their age group. So um, that, that was my message to him all the way. It's, it's, uh, it's not college basketball. There's no funsies. There's no uh, coaches that really care about you as a person. It's a cutthroat business, uh, you know, and, and I've had a great player, Sean Kilpatrick's averaging 17 a game for uh, had a game of 36, scores the last 10 in a row to win games for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Kenny Atkinson loves him. Next thing you know, the, the, you know, first round picks get healthy and he's cut. And Kenny Atkinson's crying, telling him about it. And, and uh, you know, it's just, it, it's that's the NBA. Uh, my uh, Gary Clark shared that with my team last summer when he was in LA visiting, working out, uh, with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I had him talk to the Bruins and, uh, you know, he gave him the harsh reality of, uh, what, what he saw with the Rockets, um, and how many guys start this started the season with their team and only seven finished. Yeah. So, you know, with Chris, uh, his heart was always, uh, on the side of coming back. Um, I think he, you know, from a business standpoint, if it would have been, if it would have been the right move for him a hundred percent to go to the NBA, that's, he didn't want to make a mistake on that side, but his heart was always in coming back. So it didn't surprise me personally. I'm, uh, I look forward to just being around him. great guy, just a great guy. Um, he, he deals with, with me well as a head coach. Uh, you know, he's got, a, he, he, he's a great, you know, we, we're, we do great together. Uh, he, he needs my intensity and I need his smile. So we balance each other really well. Uh, so yeah, just, he's a great guy. So, and he's obviously for our team our you know, the prospects of our season. It's huge when you get a first team all league player to return, but um uh, you know, I based a lot of this, you know, a while ago, Aaron, I see, you know, I want to coach guys I like. I believe that when that's the case and you get got good people, you're going to win more games. So uh, that, that's what I, you know, when I think of him, that's what I think of. You know, everybody said, you know, you on the outside, it's, you know, statistical. But for me, it's he's a great guy. I really, you know, I enjoy being around him. Well, you said you need each other. I, I thought it was
1: a good sign. You had a birthday a few weeks ago. I, I saw on his Instagram, he said, happy birthday to the goat. And it was a picture <laughs> of you. Would he have said that uh, after
0: a couple practices uh, in the fall last year? That, you know, he might have, Aaron, because that, that's where <laughs> he deals with me well. Okay. You know, he, de- he deals with me well. So, um, it, it, you know, some some guys, you have to change your delivery. He likes it. He's very, you know, he understands that uh, it's coaching and that you're trying. You know, he he's been told that he needs to, you know, stay intense and be uh, not such. Not, he's such a good person off the floor,
1: <laughs> you know.
0: That uh, you know, he he, he it, it, we're yin and yang for each other. So yeah, he might have. You know, he's just he's a great kid. So great parents. So that that, that obviously was a huge positive for us.
1: All right, so you said you need to handle everybody differently. I want to talk about this coming season. I want to reflect back on last year. Uh, You guys start eight and nine, struggle, new coach, whatever. Uh, And and I went back and I had forgotten about this until I saw it as I was prepping to talk to you. You lose to Stanford on a Thursday night to go eight and nine. Um, This is on the record here. This is you in the press conference. The exact quote was, as the game goes on, our softness shows up. Our selfishness at times is evident on the offensive end. We have guys that just refuse to listen and follow orders so they don't get to play. I had to keep playing certain guys that I don't think deserve to play. Whatever, Whether you said the same thing privately or whether it was publicly at worked. you won 11 of your last 14. But since you are referencing you know, having to coach different guys differently and stuff, I, I, I thought about that. And I thought it'd be an appropriate time. I want to talk about the end of last season and prepping for this year. What was going through your mind
0: as you walked to the press conference that night against Stanford after you lost to fall to eight and nine? Well, that's not the first time those guys have heard that. Okay. I can promise. Okay. I can promise. I can promise you, that. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm brutally honest with, uh, with my players at all times. You know, I think that they need honesty. I think sure. that they don't. In fact, I know they don't get it enough. Uh, you know, from because people – I think people are too concerned uh, with making young people happy instead of training them for success. Uh, I spell love and discipline the same way. Um, you know, and that's a whole other topic, you know. Um, you know, I always use the term, like, you know, Little Johnny. Like, it, you know, Little Johnny doesn't need a trophy for eighth place, but Little Johnny, he needs to learn that hard work will make him better. It's, you know, you can tell him he – you know – and I'm not saying you got to be ruthless with little kids, but uh, it's gone so ridiculous of where we're so concerned that young players are always going to look to transfer so people are afraid to coach their players. Uh, I'm, I, I think you do the right thing. I got that from, you know, my father always did the right thing. You, te- you know, doing the right thing is try, trying to prepare your players for life and basketball, you know, that's where, you know, extracurricular activities were to build character. They were to add, they were, they were to to build things that were going to help young people. That's why it all started. You know, and the, I think, you know, I'm a group, I'm amongst the group that's going to go down swinging, holding on to the, that's what it's about. Um, and even for the pro guys, you know, they got to learn it's a business, you, you know, so um, I think uh, that are, you know, that whatever happened in that press conference, I can tell you, uh, you know, I, am a big believer in protecting my players because, you know, I'm very demanding on them as I think you you should be as, uh, you know, I think all players, Skip Prosser used to, he was always a, a, a great quota of, of, uh, poets and literary people. He said, you know, your chief in life should be someone that'll make you your best. Um, uh, and that's, I think that's your job as a coach, but therefore, you know, but I always protect the guys, but I know I told him in that case, I'm done protecting you. You know, I'm trying, you know, I thought, you know, coming in, uh, through all of my outreach, which was on, which was six months of outreach after I got the job every day. Uh, you know, there was, there was, you you're trying to, Get you're trying to get a positive vibe for your team and your players, and you try to defend them. Um, but I just basically told him, Look, enough's enough. Um, you know, it, it the, the, I'm, I'm gonna go tell, I'm telling everybody the truth. You know, I've been protecting you, I'm, I'm not protecting you anymore. Um, because it, you know, that's just where we're at. So I think you know what Aaron and coaching. Hey, you never that, that didn't that didn't cause us a turnaround. We stopped turning the ball over. <laughs> Tiger got Tiger got experience. You know we were playing all freshmen and sophomores, and Tiger and Dave didn't even have they weren't with us the entire off season. They were our starting backcourt eventually. Um, you know Jaime's a freshman developed into a great uh, player for us. Chris averaged three a game in the Pac-12. He became a first team all league player. So guys improved. You know, I, we, we really worked hard. I got a great coaching staff and we just, you guys, you know, how do players get better? Well, they do more positive things and they eliminate negative things. And that's training, that's practice. And for us, it just wasn't manifesting itself enough in the games. Um, you know, we, we, we weren't, uh, we, we, we weren't tough enough and that's just a fact, Um uh, our mind at times, our mind was on things. It's hard it, that didn't have to do with winning, and it's really hard to win one game. I think that's what people don't understand out there. And then high major basketball and Pac-12 had six, seven tournament teams last year. Uh, you know, you got a guy like uh, two guys. I'll just mention two guys. You got Mark Fox, uh, completely turns Cal around. They're hard to play against. It, you know, they win they – win, well, they beat Stanford 20 in the Pac-12 tournament. They're towards the bottom of the league or wherever they were. Uh, Washington State's got a guy in the draft. Kyle Smith's a great coach. Um, you know, and you got Washington at the bottom of the league with two first-round draft picks. So it's just – you know, we had a really good league, and we weren't going to – we were just were not going to win until we started to play 40 minutes of winning basketball. And then you give yourself a chance to win. Still doesn't guarantee victory. So it was just a process. Our guys had to learn. It, it, it was, it was going to be hard. Uh, it was going to be really hard. So, uh, you know, at some point, that, you know, it was a decision had to be made. And, uh, you're, you know, we're, you're either going to do what we need to do or you don't need to be here.
1: So you win 11 of your final 14. Was there a moment? Obviously, you said it wasn't that specific press conference, but was there a moment where you said, these guys are starting to get it? You won at Arizona. You won at McHale Center. Uh, you had a great win against Arizona State late in the, I mean, where 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 did you feel like, OK, they're starting to get what it takes
0: to to be successful night in and night out? Uh, I call, you know, I had a lot of respect for Colorado. Veteran team. Sure. Uh, you know, great coach. Um, we, when we were able to, uh, have success against them at home, I think that somewhere around the start of that run, that, you know, that was, I think that gave, our, you know, each game built your confidence. Yeah. You know, e- each game, you know, then you're able to, when we were able to pull a tight one out at Oregon State against, you know, a, a veteran team, you know, um, that, that had played together for a long time. And, you know, I think they got the lead, you know, I don't know if Trey's broke the scoring record uh, at uh, Oregon State. But, I mean, you might have the all-time leading scorer at Oregon State on the team as a senior. Um, you know, very, very good team, uh, very good coach. And to be able to go in there and get a win, um, you know, that that was big. But so, you know, I think it it's just our momentum built, you know, as the year went on, our momentum built.
1: Very good. I know you got to run here. Just a few quick questions. One, um, you know, a lot of excitement off of last year. Now for people who don't know, I believe it was seven of your top eight guys are back. I know you actually frankly haven't, I don't believe had the chance to actually get them back as you referenced. Um, how do you balance? You're really excited about how things ended, but you also were starting fresh. It's a new group and we got to focus on, on what's ahead.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, this I think um uh, you gotta stay positive, you know. Say so you signed Johnny Juzang uh, and without a visit and he lives three miles from me. <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> Have you met him face to face
0: yet? Have you had the chance or is not that not available? Uh, no, I mean I, you, wow. you, I mean it's crazy. Um so you know, we talk a lot. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. I've gotten to know him and his dad really well. Um you know, so Johnny's. Gonna, I told him, you know, I'm back in training, so he 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 doesn't eat meat. So uh, you know, he he's he's gonna get me on the on the best sushi spot. Uh, so uh, you, you know, I'm excited about that. He's gonna get me. You know, he's giving me all the right tips as far as uh, get, he's gonna get me into sushi. So. Uh, but it's just weird, you know, it's just, again, Aaron, I will say this, you know, it's just very unfortunate to me, the way I look at this for all young people, uh, and in our world, young athletes, and obviously directly basketball, you know, that they have to go through this because they get a very short window to chase their dreams. Um, you know, and it's just so, so tragic for them, um. you know and just you know look the virus has killed people so there's levels of tragedy right but it it's tragic in our world for these young people to have to deal with this yep um you know forget hanging out with me johnny wants to hang out with his new teammates Yep. and probably you know he he knows some of them because he's just you know he's a socal guy so he knows got those guys um but still he just hey you know just to, to to develop your togetherness so just the whole thing's weird, buddy.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't really, I was going to ask, but I think you kind of just hit on it. Any word on when your guys will be back? For people who don't know, some schools have a, have had their guys back on campus. I believe by law you can't or something to that effect, maybe not have them in the gym. Any word on when you'll be able to get them back and just just get back to some sense of normalcy?
0: Well, I'll get, you know, breaking news, you know, I, I'm pressing on it. You know, our guys have asked me to press forward, you know, back in June um, when we were starting summer school, I didn't think, you know, I thought you, we need to see how this goes for other people. Uh, it's gone pretty well um, for a lot of people with the protocols in place. Um, and now I'm at a point where my players have had enough. Some of their parents have had enough. Sure. <laughs> they want them out of their house, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know. Jalen Hill's parents tell me got to get him out of here. He eats too much. <laughs> um, he's a lot bigger than he was in high school, uh, you know. And he's he's working out two times a day. You know, for our guys, uh, I think I've gotten mentally to the point where early it was you know is that the right thing to do? To where now I've, I'm a believer, and my message to UCLA is for safety precautions. I think it's better for them to be with us yep. because they're working. They're working out in random gyms, Uh, whether they're sneaking in, people are letting them in, whether they're in Ventura or Riverside or Orange County, wherever they're going. Uh, And they're going to be a lot safer in our gym or in Andy Enfield's um, or Mark Fox's uh, or Jared Haas's. They're going to be a lot safer. Uh, If they're in a gym where only three, four coaches and 13 players and the trainer – You know, you get twenty people—the only people that are going to go in that gym. It's not a twenty-four-hour fitness. Yep. I'm giving you my argument that I'm—you know—we're—we're starting to go. We're starting. I'm starting to go down that road, um, and it—and for the safety of our players, uh, that—that we do that because 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 look, to to think that they're not doing it, it is very false, and their mental health they it, it, they're starting to see other that they're they're losing out you know when they see all these other schools across the country what they're doing you know as you know our, the current players got friends they went to camp together they played AU together they could all play for the Compton Magic you know and, and they got guys all over the Pac-12 so they know what other schools are doing uh and, and so I'm a guy, you know, I, I'm taking my players message back to our administration. And I just think for safety reasons, I believe in my heart that they're going to be a lot safer being tested under protocols uh, in our gym than they are in the way they're doing it now very good
1: coach I'll let you go I know you got to run I want to end on a positive note just you excited you're going to get them back at some point you just excited to have your guys back in that gym because there is a lot of excitement around the program I don't want to end on a down note and I know you're I know you're fired up about getting those guys back
0: and what the potential of 2021 is
1: yeah you know
0: excited you know I think at at the end of the day you know I think a lot is made that coaches make all this money and whatever it's just Uh, I've gone through the mental process this summer, you know, of the whole viral thing. And it's, you know, my thing is, uh, my job is to advocate for my players Sure, You know, they're excited. They're excited about our season, but the difference is, uh, you know, that if you're fortunate and you win enough games, you can coach, I can coach 20 more years. They can't play 20 more years. So uh, yeah, they're, I'm excited. They're excited. But, my mindset is, look, you know, their time is short. You know, yeah. Chris – you know, like Chris Smith made this decision and, you know, it's fired all of his teammates up. Because, you know, they understand that's big for us and, they, you know, they love him. Um, and it's, it, it's momentum for us. So, you know, hopefully we'll all get started, you know. But, again, like I said, Aaron, man, you hope for all – you know, just everybody that um, vaccine's coming quick things can get turned around, man. We can get back out. And, you know, look, look at both of us, man. We're not out enough. You know, look, I, I don't, we're, we're, don't we don't have, me. you know, we, we need some tan, man. We need to get out more.
1: I don't mean to rub it in your face. I can't get a haircut. Look at this. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to, you know, I know everyone, you know, whatever, but my hair is a disaster right now. So anyway, man,
0: I'm, I'm going to give you this one, buddy. You need to, we got some bad hairdos on our Zoom call the other night. Man. <laughs> you know, ha- ha- Jaime, I- I- I'm telling you, my man Jaime, he-, he, I think he hasn't had a haircut in a month, probably two months. See,
1: no. th- these are the things that nobody talks about with these issues—the black market haircuts that are going on behind <laughs> the scenes that nobody knows about. Mick Cronin, head coach UCLA. Coach, we've been trying to do this. I so appreciate the time. I know you got other calls and stuff lined up for this afternoon. Thank you, and we'll speak again soon.
0: It's good to catch up, buddy.